The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Monday, everybody. Monday, December 12th, 2022. Hope you're all doing well. Coming out of the weekend, it is a cloudy, rainy, dreary day here in the Auburn Opelika area weather-wise. But we've got a lot to talk about on the show today. Uh, Lots of Auburn news to talk about. Uh, we've got some other SEC news that we're going to hit on in just a second. Some Auburn basketball things as well. Some college basketball news. So a very busy day. And uh, if you're a familiar listener, you know that Mondays are extremely busy. At 2.30, we will have Joey Blackwell of Bama Central. He'll join us coming up in about 30 minutes to to talk about the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, talk about their massive win in basketball over the weekend uh, against the number one team in the country. So we will talk to him at 3.30, or at 2.30, excuse me. And then at 3.30, we'll talk to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network, get his thoughts on Auburn basketball's performance on Saturday against Memphis. We'll get his thoughts on some of the coaching announcing or coaching announcements and uh, some of the recruits that Auburn's pulling in, all that good stuff. So very, very busy show today. But we would love to hear from you over the next two hours, 334-321-13. That number again, 334-321-1390 is the number to put you through to us. Call in, be a part of the show, and be on the line. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, anything you want to say about anything we're talking about or something else that we haven't gotten to yet that you want to touch on, please call in and let us know. We'd love for you to be a part of the show. Carter, happy Monday, brother. How was your weekend? Oh, it was good, man. It was good. We uh, had after the game yes. that uh, you you called into I after did. Auburn's Poor. underwhelming performance <laughs> poor on performance Saturday. yes uh and then yeah i mean it was a good weekend uh got to watch some some army navy yeah got to watch uh we had the match up here in the studio we were keeping an eye on that which was interesting yeah it was uh i think it was more entertaining than the last few yeah I, justin thomas is a phenomenal personality he I, is I will, he, I, I will say he's that. a lot of fun uh and then i think we uh we I don't know. I, I, I had a good Sunday just watching football and got to finally clinch my spot in my fantasy playoffs. There you so, go. So there, there you go. I know you're a big fantasy football guy. Look, here's a you great thing. Too. I am, yeah. <laughs> but I am too. I'm a big fantasy football guy. But I was telling you and Jack the other day that once in my leagues, right, I'm not I'm at the point where I'm not going to win. So I'm not going to be in the prize money, but I'm also not going to lose. And I'm not, we've already like, the the loser had already been declared and the punishment already happened. So at this point, I'm just kind of eh about it, right? Because I'm not going to win, but I'm not going to lose. So I, I keep up with it, but not as heavily as I do during the season. Uh, but yesterday was a good day because the Packers didn't lose. 
They also didn't win because they were on a bye week. So I didn't have to worry about that. Uh, there were some crazy results in the NFL yesterday. But uh, no, overall, a good weekend. And uh, again, hope you all had a good weekend as well. Unfortunately, uh, to kind of start the show off today, the the news, and I'm sure everybody has seen it, and if you have not, uh, Mike Leach, head coach of Mississippi State football, uh, in critical condition right now over in the uh, state of Mississippi at the University of Mississippi uh, Medical Center. Uh, he is in critical critical condition, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, from what from what I've read, it basically it's 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 not looking good, and it's yeah, it, it's I mean, calling it's- in family to to make a decision on what they need to do um there's been there's been talks and and rumors over the last couple of months that there may have been some health issues with Mike Leach uh but this seemed to have been an a like like a sudden yeah something right we don't know we have not been given that information but something happened with Mike Leach that put him in the hospital and I think that Maybe there's something on the back end as well that has the, fed into this, which maybe. has put him in a really bad situation. Yeah, I I believe the Mississippi State two four seven site said that it was a cardiac event mm-hmm. that triggered all of this, which could be a number of things. And then he got he got airlifted to Jackson, uh, which is where he's been mm-hmm. for the last basically day plus. 24 hours plus yeah and it sounds like it's basically a hospice situation right where he is in really really rough shape uh needing a lot of people were tweeting saying that he needs a miracle and he needs a lot of thoughts needs a lot of prayers and hopefully uh there's a way for him to recover and pull through this uh we hope that uh he's not in any pain or suffering or anything like that we hope his family is able to be there with him and so obviously Mississippi State is a rival, right? It's another SEC school. Always, always looking to beat Mississippi State on the field. But when it comes to stuff like this, it's obviously a lot bigger than those types of things. And I think everybody can agree. And just from what you've seen on Twitter and on the radio, heard on the radio today, uh, it's a lot bigger than sports, right? And Mike Leach is one of those guys in the game of college football where he has touched so many lives. He has impacted so many players, coaches. Uh, they were talking about it today on the Max Roundtable, his tree, right? The the amount of people yeah. that have gone and been influenced by Mike Leach is unbelievable. And the guy is one of the most entertaining dudes in college football. When he opens his mouth, everybody shuts up and listens because he's always got something interesting to say. And when he came to the SEC Everybody liked it. Everybody loved the hire of Mike Leach going to Mississippi State. He's been a lot of fun since he's been in the SEC. He has made Mississippi State a relevant football program, right? Because maybe not winning national championships or anything, but everybody's curious to see and to hear what Mike Leach is going to say. And I had the the opportunity to talk to him a little bit over at SEC Media Days in July. He's a he's a hoot, man. I mean, he you yeah. just never know what the guy's going to say, and that's very very refreshing for a very serious game of college football. As especially in the SEC. Oh yeah, I mean he he has so many just like iconic like press conference moments, um interviews, quotes. Uh I saw the one the other day about uh I guess it was yesterday about they asked coaches about Boise State's blue field and his quote was they should do something about that before 
all these ducks break their necks dive bombing <laughs> onto the field because they think it's water. Yeah, well, look, we know we know how fun Mike Leach is, and, and again, we hope that he is somehow I mean, able to pull through. He's he's a national treasure as far as a football coach goes. Yeah, and he's a genius, and everybody loves him. He's a genius. I mean, he he is one at places that people don't really win at a whole lot, and he has. He has impacted the game of college football more than people will ever understand. And, and again, we, we send our thoughts and prayers to uh, Mississippi State, to Mike Leach, the Leach family, and just hope that somehow he can pull through. But it's obviously very, very serious. So uh, hopefully there, we can get some good news and better updates here uh, over the next few hours and the next day or so. But, uh, again, just keep him in your thoughts and prayers and so look for updates anywhere you can. Uh, the, the university said that they would give out information on social media as soon as they have it but they're keeping this one pretty close to the chest just to wait and see what is happening right I mean just to see what the information is I I it may be one of those things that as long as the status doesn't change Mm -hmm. they may not update it and then like like they don't want to keep putting out updates that say the same thing right uh, i would imagine yeah no I, I think so too so again keep him and his family thoughts and prayers we're all thinking about mike leach and and uh, mississippi state so keep that in mind but let's talk about some other things going on we'll get to the uh, auburn coaching things in just a second but how about auburn basketball on saturday they go to atlanta i know you guys and we all talked about it a little bit on after the game on saturday uh but auburn goes and they lose their first game of the year against memphis on Saturday in Atlanta it was not pretty man it was not pretty at all defense the thing that has carried Auburn so far early in the season it got exposed a little bit and when the defense for this Auburn basketball team gets exposed the offense is not good enough to make up for it not right now and that's exactly what happened against Memphis on Saturday yeah they (laughs) will when you start giving up back cuts left and right when you start getting beat in transition when you're not uh, getting back on defense, all of those things uh, help kind of produce the kind of product that you saw on Saturday. The there was one moment that I guess sticks out to me, uh, which which you've kind of always seen coming with Katie Johnson. It hasn't really happened all that often. Uh, he made a great layup through traffic, and he did classic Katie Johnson like flex and yell into the crowd. Memphis is running the other way. Yep. And they get a fast break before he's before he's at half court. Yeah. And they score. And it's like those type of things. Like, yeah, you can be amped, you can be pumped up, but you've got to get back on defense. And there's a stretch in time there where literally it felt like Auburn would hit a shot like four or five times down the floor in a row. But every time Memphis is getting the ball out, going the other way, and getting easy layups. Auburn made the game of basketball look so much harder than Memphis did on Saturday. Yeah, and we talked about it, right? Memphis Memphis out-hustled Auburn. They outplayed Auburn. They out-hearted Auburn, which is not something that happens a lot of times with Bruce, Bruce Pearl, Pearl teams. Bruce got out-coached. He did, and he said he, got he did. out-coached by a guy who I don't consider to be a top-tier coach a top-tier coach mm-hmm. in college basketball. Yeah, he did. He got he, out-coached. Penny Hardaway can go get the talent and everything, but to this point, I'm not going to say he's like... I'm not going to make the comparison between John Calipari and Penny no, Hardaway. but I see what you're saying. Calipari's got a lot more success as a coach, but like, you want to talk about guys that have a 
boatload of talent and the results don't match up. He's underwhelmed at, at, at Memphis. He has. He is underwhelmed at Memphis so far. But on Saturday, they looked really good. And Auburn made them look yes. a little bit better. But Memphis had a game plan. Memphis executed that game plan. And they knew what they had to do to beat Auburn, and they absolutely did it. And Auburn basketball, look, we talked coming into the year, man. The problem with this team, they can't shoot. They can't. They can't shoot. And the offense is stagnant, right? The defense is good, right? And every now and then, the defense is going to get burned in a game where a team just has a really good game plan. That's fine. But the offense has got to be able to make up for that and still make it a ball game, which you saw them try to do late down the stretch. But Auburn's offense right now is just not good enough to outscore anybody. I'm convinced of that. And you watch the offense on Saturday for Auburn, and I talked about this, and I have and I continuously will, Bruce Pearl's offense is not good. It doesn't matter who the guys are on the floor. The offense itself is not that accelerated. Like It's not that dynamic. There's not a go-to guy. Which is a huge problem. And there's been a go-to guy last year. There, was, there wasn't really a go-to guy two years ago. I mean, especially when you only... I guess when Sharif was on the court, it was Sharif. Mm-hmm. But, and then I guess when Powell was on the court, I guess it was Powell. But they were barely on the court, and they were never on the court together. Sharif only right. played 12 games. Right. The good teams we've seen out of Bruce Pearl, there's been a go-to guy on offense. I would argue three years ago, Samir Daddy was kind of that guy. Yeah, he became that I guy. Mean, because he, there was a void when Jared Harper and Bryce Brown and Chuma Okiki left the roster. Samir Daddy stepped up. Javon McCormick stepped up. Those two guys, Isaac Okoro obviously came in, and he, the growth of Isaac Okoro from the start of that season to the end of that season, like he became a go-to guy. Mm-hmm. You had really like three guys who at any given moment you could ask to go get you a bucket, and they'd figure out a way to at least give you a really good opportunity. Right now, I don't know who that is, and, and they, there's no flow. In the offense. And that's the problem with Bruce Pearl's offense is you have to have a go-to guy or you have to have guys that can step out and shoot. Auburn doesn't have either one of those right now. Auburn shoots 28% from behind the arc. That's over, that's under 300th in the entire country in college basketball. This team is really talented and can be really, really good, but the offense is so stagnant right now. They have one person dribbling the basketball. They run a high pick and roll, and then they just stop. And everybody stands and everybody watches. You may as well put your hands in your pockets and just play one on five because that's what Auburn's doing right now. I don't know how you fix it. Guys have got to move. Things have got to change. I've been saying it, go inside and work out, but that's not working either. So I don't know what Auburn's got to do offensively. I think they can fix it, and I think this can be a really, really good team but they've got to figure out how to score because they're not going to be able to just turn it on and start hitting shots left and right throughout the year. They're just not going to be able to do it. So they've got to find a way to score the basketball and find a way to do it where it's, it is productive and successful for them. They lose to Memphis on Saturday. Doesn't help that Alabama gets a huge win. We'll talk about that with Joey Blackwell in a few minutes when he joins us at 3.30, or at 2.30, excuse me. And it doesn't help that Alabama plays Memphis tomorrow either. So I'm sure Alabama will win by 30, and they'll let us have it. I'm sure is how that's going to go down. I hope not. I hope it's a good game. We'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit with Joey Blackwell. Let's get to a break. We've got a phone call coming in. We'll get to that and talk about Auburn coaching when we come back here on the Monday edition of On the Line. 
on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Let's get to the phone lines here on the Monday edition of On the Line, 334-321-1390. Ed, you're on the line. Welcome in. Hey, guys. I appreciate you taking my call. I'll tell you one thing that might be helpful for the men at Pearl uh mandated that anyone that wants to play has to go watch our women play because Johnny Harris, <laughs> she's got those, you know, and I know we've been playing inferior, mm-hmm. you know, teams and such, but I mean, they, they're shooting above 50%. Yeah, and they're playing really well. Yeah, I know, and it's been like down the stretch. We, we weren't shooting 50% on layups. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. A, a bunch of missed layups down the stretch really hurt this Auburn team on Saturday. Yeah, I, and there's, I mean, that's that's just, I, I just mind-boggling. I, I'm not going to say an excuse, but every team can have a bad game or every guy. But but anyway, I, I, you know, I think the guys are there. I've heard a lot of people comment, and then I think early in the season, it's smart. My opinion, it's smart of. Uh, Bruce Pearl to kind of play with the lineup a little bit, but he, I think he does. He is getting toward a point to where he knows that he's got to find five guys that can play the majority of his minutes. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and, and get some kind of consistent continuity. You know, yeah, guys, guys getting acclimated to each other a little bit better because, I, and, and uh, on the score, and I think they thought Chance Wester was going to be much better than you know. As far as shooting, you know, it just—it's—it's been a combination of things. But uh, on to the other thing I was going to call in about us. I was really glad to see that um, Q Freeze, you know, kind of finishing up most of his staff. Do y'all mm-hmm. have any idea? And I'm gonna hang up on this. If you could, if or wonder about it. Uh, who who might be the wide receiver coach coming in? And I, I appreciate y'all taking my call, guys. Yeah, we appreciate. Yeah, we appreciate hearing from you, Ed. We always enjoy uh, hearing from Ed. That is Ed joining us. We'd love to hear from you as well. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Yeah, I, I I think that as far as the staff, I like the hires, the coordinator mm-hmm. hires, really which we good. haven't we haven't gotten into um, yet, but we will. Wide receiver coach. You've heard a lot about Grant Hurd. Mm-hmm. You've heard um, some other names out there. Um, but again, this is with all of the other hires we've seen, everything is extremely quiet and close to the chest, which I'm okay with. I really, really am okay with that because the two coordinators, again, we have not touched on this. We will. But these were two guys that nobody really was talking about a whole lot. And Auburn went and well, got him. M- Montgomery picked up a bunch of steam kind of going into the weekend. Right. And and he became he became a a very much a potential hire for for Auburn. Uh especially and it also made sense from the aspect that uh the the he was no longer the head coach at Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Uh Ron Roberts a little bit different, uh I guess because I understand why some people are going to be a little hesitant because he was quote unquote fired at Baylor, but I mean I think he's a really, really good schematic defensive mind. 
They were one of the better defenses in the Big 12 until this year when they lost a ton of talent off the roster. Right. Um, I just... I firmly believe that those hires were both really good. I think Jacob Peeler at Missouri is another person to look for, uh, receivers coach. Mm -hmm. You've heard maybe some rumors about Cody Burns potentially coming back. I've heard that one. I don't don't know if that's an option. I mean, I guess technically it is, but I don't know if that's where Auburn would go. Um, I have heard that one, though, and I just – I don't feel as confident about that one being a thing than some of the other names we've seen. So um, when it comes to that, though, again, this has all been just kept close, right? It's been very quiet, which is something that we have not really seen. I mean, this is it's been like this from the very, very start. And you hear, you know, somebody like Bill Cameron, who obviously hosted the drive. He talks about this, right, about how this is one of the most unique situations we have seen and it goes all the way back to to when it was John Cohen right being hired as the athletic director he was hired nobody really knew of him until a day or two before same thing with Hugh Freeze we knew he was number two or 1b however you want to say that but it was Lane Kiffin Lane Kiffin Lane Kiffin and then bam it just switched and it was all of a sudden Hugh Freeze and it's been the same way with all of these coaches right sure some of their names have floated around but a lot of these guys that have been hired, including the coordinators that were announced and have been reported, Auburn has not made an announcement yet, but they will. All of these guys were not the big names floating around on boards and Twitter and reporters and radio and everything like that. It was very last minute that they actually popped up because that's when the information finally got out. And yeah, I'm okay I, with I, that. I, I think that when there's a vacuum of information when there's a lack of it a lot of names start getting kind of thrown against the wall like this when when there's not a lot of access with with a new coach like mm-hmm. like Hugh Freeze I do think it becomes harder to to find what is real and and I think we we saw that with with the coordinator search I mean, heck, I think you saw it with the with the head coaching search. Yeah, yeah, and and this is why, and it's extremely hard for Auburn fans, right? It's hard for us because of what we do, and it's hard for the media, and it's hard for everybody around and who covers Auburn athletics for a living, and and all the fans that want to know what's going on. It's very, very hard because there's not a lot of true information that's coming out from the coaches and from the school and from the athletic department. So then what happens after a couple of days when nothing comes out? People start speculating. People start throwing names out, like you said, throwing them against the wall. Let's see what sticks a little bit. Doesn't mean it's true, right? Doesn't mean somebody hasn't said something that, hey, there may be some smoke here, whatever, whatever. But that's what happens when there's little to no information coming out directly from the sources of Hugh Freeze, Auburn football, and Auburn Athletics. Not saying that's a bad thing. I like it. I think it's a good thing because now they can go and they can do the search that they want to do and they can conduct and do the process that they want to do without having to worry about backlash or or whatever you want to call it. And I'm not saying that fan support and fan opinion is not important, but at the same time, how many times have we seen a hire fall through, whether it be head coach all the way to a position coach? How many times have we seen that fall through because the information gets out and people just do everything they can 
to bash it, right? So I'm okay with how it's going down. I think there's been some really, really good hires for Auburn, and I'm okay with the information not coming just in waves and being leaked out day after day after day. Sure, it makes our job a little tougher, but it also means when we get true information, we know that it's true. Yeah, and and I'll, I'll tell you what. I mean, there's some people on this beat, the Auburn beat, that are going to be significantly more plugged in than others because yeah. of their their relationship to Hugh Freeze, which so is ha- I mean that's how be, it goes. Those would be the uh, people that I would keep an eye on because you know what what they say. It's probably going to be more than likely true. We've got a lot more to talk about that. We'll give our thoughts on the coordinators being hired for Auburn later on in the show. But we get to a break. We'll have Joey Blackwell of Bama Central when we come back. He'll talk to us about Alabama basketball and their big win over Houston over the weekend. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. And Carter Bird on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins and Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7. It's 2.30 on Monday. That means it's Joey Blackwell joining us from Bama Central as he does every single Monday. Joey, hope you're doing well, man. We'll get right into it. We'll start with football before we get into a lot of the big news about basketball. Uh, Alabama today, uh, Nick Saban, breaking news, he can still recruit and he can still get some of the best players in the country. Uh, he picks up the top edge in high school ball. What can you tell us about the kid? Yeah, you know, Keelan Keeley is a fantastic edge rusher, five-star guy. Um, was once committed to Notre Dame, then decommitted. It was kind of thought for a while he's going to come to Alabama, and, of course, he confirmed that today. Um, six foot six, 240, you know, roughly pounds. You know, he's the nation's number one edge rusher, um, according to 24-7, number six prospect overall. Um, just a really, really strong get, especially, you know, with Will Anderson likely heading to the NFL um, after the end of this season. You know, it's a really big get for Alabama to kind of, you know, reload at that position. Um, don't know if he'll start right away, but he definitely has the physical ability to do so. Joey, we know that this Alabama re- recruiting class, it stacks up there uh, pretty similarly with the other ones that Alabama has pulled in under Nick Saban. What have you seen out of this class? What, what, what are the strengths of this re- recruiting class? And then what are maybe some some things that Alabama may still need to to address here in the final, I guess, what, 10-ish days before signing day? Yeah. yeah you know, they have a really solid uh, uh, class on both sides of the ball, particularly on defense. You know, um, they have you know a lot of uh, decent defensive backs. You know, and Jaleel Hurley, he's a corner. Caleb Downs, safety. Keelan Keeley, like, I, like you know, as we're talking about now at, at Edge. But then also on offense, you know, they have a four-star running back in Richard Young, you know, Jalen Hale uh, at wide receiver. Um, They have another, uh, back to defense, they have another edge rusher in Yonsei Pierce. Um, At quarterback, they have a couple of really solid guys in in Eli Holstein and and Dylan Lonergan. So um, they they really just have a a really solid, well-rounded class. It seems to fill um, most of the holes that they have, uh, at least guys that we um, could predict would head to the NFL or graduate after this season. So it's, it's really well-rounded. Um, it fills a lot of the needs that they have. Um, that being said, you know, I, I really think uh, they could still maybe load a little bit better at running back to the future. Um, I'd also like to see a little bit more development at tight end. 
Um, but other than that, um, they, it's a really strong class, and it's just you know just another another feather in Saban's cap if he can uh, keep it at number one. Joey, obviously that is a little bit on the recruiting side, but how about the transfer portal? Because we know it has been open for uh, officially a week now, and last week we obviously saw hundreds and literally thousands of players enter the transfer portal. What's the status with Alabama on guys maybe yet to still leave the team, and then some of the guys that Alabama and Nick Saban are going after that are currently in the portal? Well, I don't really have much news on who they're going after, but we can assume they're probably looking at some wide receivers right about now, <laughs> um, especially with three or four uh, still in the portal. Um, Treshawn Holden, of course, announcing that he's, uh, yesterday that he's heading to Oregon to play there. Um, Going to be joining Bo Nix, the guy that left last year from Auburn. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, have an Alabama and an Auburn guy uh, throwing it to each other over in Eugene. But, um, you know, not a lot of news as far as who they're looking at right now. They're still – I believe there's still 11 players from Alabama that are currently um, posted in the portal. No doubt we'll be hearing from them over the next couple of weeks. Joey, with with this transfer portal period that has opened up, it certainly seems like a lot of offensive linemen from Alabama have entered the portal. How does that affect this team going into 2023? Is it more of a depth thing, or or is this are these going to be some some starting caliber players? that uh, could hurt this Alabama offensive line going forward? Well, you know, I think, you know, one of the biggest surprises, and I'm pretty sure I talked about this last week on the show, one of the biggest surprises to me was Javion Cohen hitting the portal. You know, a starter for them um, over the past couple of years. Damian George was a guy that was also being developed um, and was probably slated to start next year. Amari Kite's another big guy. Tommy Brockermeyer hasn't has barely contributed, but he was a guy that was, you know, when he, was, when he came to Alabama, I thought, he could start at guard by his sophomore season. But, you know, it, it does raise some concerns at depth um, to the position just because the transfer portal has changed the landscape of the game uh, in that regard. With players being able to leave, it is hard in today's cultural world to maintain players. It's just as hard to maintain them as it is to recruit them, especially for head coaches. Um, and and so with that, you know, comes the depth concern. And um, But that being said, you know, a lot of Alabama fans have, you know, been concerned about this, but you know, while you while you do see players leave, you're just as capable of bringing in talent. You know, we saw Tyler Steen come from Vanderbilt to Alabama last year, and you know, be a starter. He started all season for Alabama, so I'm not too concerned. There might be some holes that open up here and there, but as as Nick Saban's proven over the past couple of seasons, he's he and his team have been really good at reaching into the portal and bringing out uh, bringing talent. Joey Blackwell, who writes for Bama Central, joins us every Monday at 2.30. It's here on the show. Joey, we've seen Auburn begin to and almost finish out their coaching staff. Of course, Hugh Freeze as the head coach, and we've now seen uh, the coordinators who have are, are being hired as we speak right now. Auburn is yet to make the announcement, but it's pretty confident that that the guys are going to be hired. We've seen most of the staff for Auburn be filled out. What is your take from an Alabama perspective on who Auburn has hired so far for this new coaching staff? Yeah, you know, I, I, I haven't really looked into it because I'm a little busy with basketball, but I will say I did see that they hired Philip Montgomery um, and Ron Roberts, who are both really, really solid additions. Obviously, Montgomery is offense coordinator and Roberts a defensive coordinator. Um both are both are really solid guys. You know, Montgomery was obviously the head coach at, at Tulsa from uh, you know through this year. Um, took them to four bowl appearances. You know, really really solid guy. Um, looking forward to seeing what he can do. You know, when he's allowed to focus on just one side of the football and really flex, you know, his knowledge. 
And, you know, when it comes to Ron Roberts, you know, same. He has a really, really, you know, strong, you know, strong pedigree. Um, you know, his connections to, to modern defenses kind of stem from his success as a head coach as well uh, and in hiring systems. You know, Southeast Louisiana, he oversaw staff that, you know, had Pete Golding on it, you know, who's, of course, now Alabama's defensive coordinator. Um, Carl Scott was also there, who, you know, has connections to Alabama as well. Um, he's um, his assistant uh, with the Seahawks. So just a lot of a lot of championship caliber, uh, to both championship caliber guys, guys that, you know, have, have won and have experience with that and can bring that talent to the plane. So um, if you're an Auburn fan right now, you got to be excited about these guys that Hugh Freeze has been able to bring in. Transitioning to basketball. Transitioning to basketball, we, we, we see that uh, obviously Alabama got the big headlining win this weekend uh, at number one, Houston, 70-65. to What did you see out of this Alabama team on the road in a hostile environment beating a really, really good Houston team? Yeah, you know, well, heading into that game, I, I said if Alvin was going to win this game, they're going to have to crash the glass. And that is exactly what they did, and they did it very effectively. Houston is a team that, you know, they're the number one rebounding team, number one defensive team in the country for a reason. And Alvin was able to out-rebound them 44-39. I was very impressed with how the team played on the defensive end of the court, as well as Noah Clowney in particular on the offensive end. You know, it's kind of funny that now Bama has beaten both number one teams, uh, North Carolina and then, of course, now Houston. And in both those games, neither of them did Brandon Miller play particularly well on all of the events, which is, you know, while it's disappointing to see that, at the same time, it shows this team can win even when their best shooter is not having a good night. And that's that's a, that's, a, that's kind of scary <laughs> if you're a fan of another team. Right. So, that being said, this is a very tough Memphis team that Alabama has to play tomorrow night. Obviously, I don't need to explain to you guys, you know, the the, the really um, a physical opponent that Memphis is, and you know, beating Auburn in holiday hoops giving was, you know, just another you know feather in their cap. They're a physical team. They play hard on both ends of the court. They have really strong offense. Um, you know, uh, I believe I'm trying to think of their point guard's name. I believe it's uh, is it Kedrick Davis? Yes, uh, Davis. Uh huh. Yeah, Kendrick Davis. Yeah, mm-hmm. really, really, you know, shot lights out at Auburn, but he's been playing remarkable all season. So, this is just you know the middle of a stretch where Bama has to play Houston. They play Houston now. They have to play Memphis and they play Gonzaga this weekend, and it's the same three games they played last year, just in a different order, and that ended up spelling the doom for the season pretty much. Yeah. So, uh, Alabama's not looking for not looking to make the same mistakes they did last year. Well, Joey, you brought up Miller, who is. Uh, undoubtedly Alabama's best player. He's one of the best freshmen in all of college basketball. He scored eight points, but he went 0 for 8 from the field, 0 of 5 from 3. All eight of his points were from the free throw line, but yet they come out with a six-point win over the number one team in the country. Who stepped up for Alabama? Who played a really, really good game for the Crimson Tide on the road to where they were able to come up with a huge upset? Yeah, first and foremost, I'll highlight Noah Clowney. Um, 16 points, 11 rebounds for a double-double. He had one assist. Um, and, you know, he was uh, plus five and, and the plus minus really gave some, some really good minutes um, and during his time on the court. Um, and he was a guy that, you know, he was hurt against North Carolina, but prior to him getting hurt, he was looking like he was going to be the guy that was going to step up again when Brendan Miller wasn't playing well. So you got to highlight him. Mark, Mark Sears, at, at, you know, point guard, has also been playing fantastic for Alabama. He's been shooting lights out. Two of four from three on this game, 11 points, three rebounds. 
Um, and then with, with Javon Quinterly also being the leader, you know, he doesn't, he hasn't really shown up on a stat sheet so far this season, but he's been really good, you know, not just motivating on the bench, but motivating on the court and getting this, this really, really young and experienced team to gel and mesh together well. So those are the guys I like to highlight. Obviously, Jaden Bradley as well, another freshman that had a good outing, you know, five rebounds, 12 points. Um, he's really coming along as well and kind of, been in the shadow of Brandon Miller for obvious reasons, but has really, really come around. Joey, obviously with Alabama rising all the way up to number four in the AP poll, things uh, are going well for for this team, this team that's uh, played a tough schedule to this point in time. Have the expectations changed at all this year? And then in your estimation, how does this year's team stack up to some of Nate Oates' previous teams at Alabama? You know, I I don't know. I don't really know the answer to the expectations question just because expectations were pretty high for this team heading in. Um, After what Alabama was able to do in Europe, there were expectations heading high going into that. But after beating the Chinese national team, after beating, you know, Lithuania, Spain Select as well, uh, Alabama fans had pretty high expectations, especially after seeing what Brandon Miller could do, um, you know, against those teams. Now, as far as you know, comparing this team to, to NATO's teams, I really think this is his, his best team that he's had since coming to Tuscaloosa. You can point to that team just a couple of years ago, went to the Sweet 16, but even that team had its issues on, on, on the defensive end of the court. Um, offense was really good, but it really lived and, die, and died by the three. Um, that was a team that when it was shooting red hot, it was one of the best teams in the country. But when it wasn't, it was going to lose to, to, to teams that, you know, you wouldn't expect them to lose to. Whereas this team has proven that even when the shots aren't falling, they're playing gritty on defense and they're able to overcome that and still, you know, score in the paint and you know, have jumpers and, and do what needs to be done to win. So I think overall this is made most well-rounded team. Um, if they can keep a couple of these guys, obviously a guy like Brandon Miller is a one-and-done. But if they can keep a couple of these other freshmen for an extra year and get some experience, you know, the sky's the limit really for this team if they continue to recruit at the level they've been recruiting at. Joey Blackwell, Alabama Central. He joins us every Monday here on the show. Joey, between now and next Monday when we talk to you, Alabama will play Memphis and then Gonzaga. So the non-con schedule just continues to stack up for Alabama. What's the What are the uh, expectations coming into this week against Memphis and Gonzaga? Can they get both of them done, or is there a possibility they slip up in one of these two? Well, you know, Memphis last year was the, the game that Alabama slipped up on. You know, they were coming off of two big wins, you know, against Gonzaga and Houston, and they played Memphis, and they got they got trounced on the road. Mm-hmm. And that really led that really led to their skid last year. You know, we talked to Nate Oates today and a couple of athletes, and, and they're all of the mindset that they're not going to let that happen again. You know, this is a team that was already on their radar because of last year, but after seeing what they were able to do against Auburn, um, this is a team that they're not looking past them um, heading into Gonzaga. So, you know, it, it's two really big games. Gonzaga as well, obviously they still have Drew Timmy, who's one of the best players in the country. Alabama was able to beat them last year. Um, but, you know, Gonzaga hasn't forgotten about that. <laughs> um, that was Gonzaga, I believe it was Gonzaga's first loss last year. So um, they definitely haven't forgotten about that and will definitely be out for blood against the Crimson Tide. And and, now, and his players are very aware of that. So, but let's focus on Tuesday. Tuesday is a big one, and, and, and they're not looking past it. 
Alabama in their non-conference schedule have played Michigan State, UConn, North Carolina, Houston, Memphis, and Gonzaga. Those two games will be this week. And Alabama up to number four in the AP poll, sitting at eight and one. Joey, we appreciate you and your time, man, as always. Let everybody know where they can keep up with you and all your busy content with basketball season. <laughs> Absolutely. Everybody can follow me at Blackwell Sports on Twitter, and they can find all of my work as well as my coworkers' work on Bama Central. Um, and to thank you guys for, for having me on and uh, looking forward to talking about some some big basketball games next week. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, man, again, we appreciate your time. We'll talk to you next week. That is Joey Blackwell of Bama Central. He joins us every Monday here on the show talking all things Alabama athletics. Let's get to our final break. We'll come back, have some more Auburn football talk, and we'll get into hour number two here on the Monday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7 online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. Wrapping up our number one here on the Monday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins and Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7. Big thank you to Joey Blackwell of Bama Central. He joins us every Monday at 2.30 talking all things Alabama athletics. Of course, uh, the football team picked up a huge five-star edge recruit today. Uh, we talked to him about that. And then, uh, of course, Alabama basketball up to number four in the AP poll. It seems a yeah. little high, but they've they've got some really good wins. I mean, again, I said it before we let him go. They've played number 12 Michigan State, number 20 UConn, where they, they got beat pretty good, number one Houston, number one North Carolina, which not – really number one anymore but they were at the time and you got to give credit where it's due then they're going to play Memphis a team that obviously uh, made Auburn look not great on Saturday and then they play Gonzaga before they get into SEC play so they are going to have one of the best non-conference schedules and non-conference rankings in all of college basketball I mean you just you can't you can't deny it so they're good man they're really good and uh Auburn better figure it out before they got to play Alabama I think it'll still be a good matchup but Alabama again they're number four in the country you look at the rest of the of the top 25 Auburn is down to uh 16 right that's where Auburn is now is 16th in the country so uh of course after their first loss on Saturday uh again Auburn is down to 19? Is that right? 19 in the AP poll, yes. I thought they were 16. I must have seen that. 18 in Kimpon. Okay. That's that's my mistake. So they're 19 in the AP poll. They dropped eight this week. That's the most out of anybody. Um, Maryland dropped seven, but they almost almost came back and beat Tennessee yesterday. Did you see that? I did not. Tennessee jumped on them early. They had Maryland to like 10 points with less than 10 minutes to go in the first half and Maryland was down by like 20 at the half they came all the way back and lost by I think a point uh so they almost did it but here's what the SEC is looking like in the AP top 25 for basketball right now Alabama 4 Tennessee 6 Arkansas 10 Kentucky 13 Mississippi State 17 Auburn 19 that's what the SEC is doing right now in college basketball so yeah they're looking pretty good. I mean, you've got Purdue, who's number one in the country right now. UConn, Alabama's only loss, is number three in the country. So, can't really knock them too much there. And speaking of college basketball, so, did you see the news about Texas today? Chris yeah. Beard. Holy smokes. Chris Beard, Texas's head basketball coach, got arrested early this morning. And he was arrested for third-degree felony um 
was it assault, right? Or was it something it was domestic, violence. domestic violence? Yeah. So not good uh, for him and for uh, Texas and their basketball program. So that is that was some wild news to kind of wake up to uh, earlier today and seeing that. But looking again, just kind of looking through uh, the AP poll for college basketball. Again, Auburn drops to 19 after their first loss of the season to Memphis. Uh, you've got Alabama top four, Tennessee number six. Of course, Auburn will play both of those teams. Uh, you have Texas again at number seven, and that was just a, a wild thing. So uh, hopefully that gets worked out somehow. If he if he did what he did, then uh, I don't see how Texas is able to hold on to somebody like that. If you're arrested for that, that's pretty, pretty bad in itself. If you get charged for it, obviously uh, bad things coming for him. So Again, I think the I think the SEC, again, is solid in college basketball, and Auburn's got some things to work on because they cannot keep up offensively with Mississippi State, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Alabama. They just they can't do it. They cannot keep up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean it's it's Auburn's got to figure things out. Uh I did see the the something I came across. I think it was by one of Kentucky's beat writers. Just an interesting thing to keep an eye on in the SEC. I'll have to hit it. I'll have to hit it after the break. I ran out of time. Darn. <laughs> we'll get to it after the break. We've got a caller. We'll start hour number two on the phone lines. We'd love for you to get involved as well. 334-321-1390. Tons of Auburn football talk at hour number two. It's all coming up. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Monday, everybody. Monday, December 12th, 2022. Hope you're all doing well on this uh, cloudy, dreary, rainy, whatever you want to call it, Monday afternoon here in the Auburn Opelika area. Hope you all had a good weekend. Hour number one is officially in the books. You know what that means. Hour number two is officially underway here on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader, ESPN 106.7. We've got a couple of phone calls to get to. We will do that in just a second Uh, but if you missed any of the first hour we talked uh, Auburn basketball we gave our thoughts about Mike Leach which again uh, thoughts and prayers to him and his family hopefully he is uh, able to pull through in some way shape or form Uh, he is in critical condition right now over in Jackson Mississippi so uh, again we're just thinking about him and we talked his impact on the game of college football so a shout out to him and his family hope they're all doing well but 
Again, if you missed any of our number one, uh, go and find the podcast. You can catch up there on ESPNAU.com, and uh, you can click on the podcast center, find it commercial-free right there. So be sure you go and do that. Uh, We're going to talk a lot of Auburn football here in hour number two, talk to coaching hires, talk about what we've seen, talk about some guys that have hit the transfer portal that Auburn uh, may be looking to go after. We'll get to all that here in just a little bit. And then later on in the show, we'll talk to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. Work. We talk to him every Monday at 3.30, so we will get his thoughts on everything going on in Auburn Athletics. But let's get to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. Terry, you're on the line. Welcome in. Hey, guys. How are y'all today? Doing good, right, Terry, right, man. Terry. What you got? You? Hey, guys, do you have any thoughts or predictions of when we might start hearing some names out of the portal and where they're going to land? Well, I mean, it's starting to happen some places, like like J- okay. Jaheim Bell, the, the tight end from South Carolina, who's one of the best tight ends in America. Really good. He just committed this morning, I believe, to FSU. Like it's slowly starting to happen, but I mean, it's it's going to be a process. Some of these kids are going to go on visits. They want to they want to talk to these staffs. I mean, uh, it's it's just going to be it's going to be like a very condensed uh, recruiting cycle. I can see your point. You got to re-recruit them all, and then you have to re-recruit them all again next year. Yep. Yeah, and and the current school that they're transferring, quote unquote, transferring from, they have a chance to do the same thing because some of these players enter the portal and they go right back. Yeah, because how good was Texas A&M's recruiting class, and how many of those guys are sticking around? I'm hearing not many. Not many. They they have. The they're most one of the highest. Players, yeah, the most players in the portal, I believe, of any team. So what does that recru- number one recruiting class mean? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> they had it for <laughs> a year. Honest. They had it for a year, Terry. But It was a it- great box that they could check off, though. Right. I agree. I agree. Well, Let me yeah. switch to basketball real quick. I, guys, I've got a feeling, just, just, just a gut feeling, just my opinion only, that if Alabama can beat Memphis and Gonzaga, those wins in March will be more impressive than a, in North Carolina and Houston. I'm with you. I think the Houston's a big sure. win. I'm not sure about Memphis being better than Houston, but I mean get Gonzaga, yes. I don't think I don't think UNC has figured it out. I mean, UNC looks very similar to the team last year in the regular season. They just couldn't figure it out. Now they got red hot, made the tournament, and went on an incredible run all the way to the championship. Mm-hmm. But they have struggled mightily this year. I agree with you on that. But I think Houston legitimately is a top five or six team in the country. I, I just got to feel Houston is going to be punished for the conference they play in and then they're scheduling. Could be. You know which we, they, we've, they, seen, we've seen that play out in the NCAA tournament with teams like Houston, like Gonzaga, right? You, if anybody listens to this show, you know how I feel about Gonzaga. But Houston yeah, is, yeah. is in the same sort of boat. But Houston is very, very talented. Uh, they... They play extremely good defense, and the Houston win will be big for Alabama come March. I, 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 unless they just absolutely fall apart, Terry, which this is college basketball, it very well could happen. I think come March, that Houston win on Alabama's resume is going to look really, really good. By the way, Terry, you- I, I, I just looked at it. Texas A&M as it currently stands right now, and I'm not counting one of the kickers who's not was not ranked in the uh, re- recruiting re- rankings. They have 22 players in the portal. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. That's that's quite a few, Terry. My goodness. That is that's <laughs> that that's is quite a few. 
that's a two deep, a one deep or two deep roster. Yeah, I mean, there's you could fill. Yeah, you're right. You could fill out a pretty decent roster with those guys. There's no doubt about it. And and that's where the game of college football. That's where the game of college athletics are now. Is sure you may have gotten that kid coming out of high school, but like you've said, you've got to recruit him next year too. Well, like I said, you put three or four of the other guys on a six and six team, and all of a sudden that six and six, six and six team is a nine and three team. That's right. As long as you develop them, which A and M couldn't do. Um, I tell you now, what, Jimbo Terry, Fisher's Terry, got his. There's, there's some names in the portal right now that I agree with you. If Auburn brought in, there's one that hit the portal today that is about the most exciting name I've seen hit the portal in regards to uh, Auburn the, of of anybody I've seen yet. Well, I, I want Auburn to get some offensive linemen because that's Agreed. where the game is won and lost, and that's what they need the most. And they're losing a ton, and what they had wasn't very good, or at least didn't play very good. And I don't think it was very well developed, quite honestly. Right. So I like to see them go there. I mean, everybody's all about the glamour positions, the wide receiver got to have a quarterback. Certainly, those positions need upgrading. But the game is won and lost on the offensive and defensive lines, and that's where Auburn needs to improve dramatically. I agree, and I think Terry, I think they will. It doesn't matter who's throwing the ball or who's catching the ball if they don't have time to do it, right? Right, exactly, and and the receiver is going to want to know who's throwing him the ball. So, and can he get can he get in the ball? Because that's the only way they're going to showcase their talents. Yeah, yeah, that's well, right. And they will the only way they're going to get to the in the league, as they put it. Yeah, absolutely, so. Terry. Yeah, we take care. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate you calling in. We got to get to another phone call here on the line three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Shane, you're on the line. Welcome in. Hey guys, hey, hey, just imagine what uh what Bo Nix could have been like. Bo Nix is a great quarterback. He, he really is. I know Terry hates him for some reason, but if he had a, an offensive line, then then Agreed. Bo Nix would have been an Auburn legacy here. Yeah, and oh, I, yeah. I, I wholeheartedly believe that. Uh, but had had, had he come in as a true freshman under Hugh Freeze, you would have seen oh my such a yeah. better Bo Nix than he than you had in his Auburn career because Hugh Freeze actually knows how to develop quarterbacks. I will say this, Shane. If you were intrigued about the idea of Bo Nix in a Hugh Freeze offense, what if I threw the name Grayson McCall out there? Because he's in the portal as of this morning. Yeah, well, that would be awesome. I mean, I, 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 uh, I, I do like. All right, so I'm a little. I, I don't know anything about the defense coordinator that we may have been may have gotten just now. I don't know if we if it's official or, or not. Yes, it is. But from what I can read about the offensive. Coordinator, he's a really good uh, quarterback developer, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is awesome. Um, so uh, he's put he's he, put by by my count, Bryce Petty, Ke- uh, is it Kevin Cobb, the the former Eagles quarterback? Uh, yeah. He put RG three. He won a Heisman and put RG three in the NFL. Case Keenum, who's still in the NFL, like he's got a list of guys that he developed and got drafted and. We're at least in the NFL for a few years. Um, some of them, like Case Keenum, were in the NFL for a long time. What do you think about if uh, if we bring in like a a grad, you know, senior or or somebody for, that's just for one year as as quarterback and let Ashford develop under these new these new these new guys and and if he can get some uh, you know some a little bit of an arm mm-hmm. Asher could be an awesome quarterback oh, yeah. because and, you can yeah. see what he can do you yeah. can see what he can do and he has flashes of, of, of potential with throwing it but he just I don't think he's ever been taught correctly right. certain things you know so uh, you know that's that's hopefully he'd be he'd be in the mindset where like listen I just need a 
I need a year of development under these gurus, and then I can come back, you know, my junior, senior year and, and light it up. Hopefully he's not like, you know, he wouldn't get his feelings hurt, you oh, know yeah, what I mean, same. if if he doesn't, if some other guy came in and took that spot. But I am with Terry on the fact that we need we need the line. Um, Agreed. Have we gotten any recruiting in? Um, Tyler Johnson, um, Johnson, the Texas Tech uh, offensive tackle commit, flipped to Auburn this weekend. You had other offensive linemen on campus, I believe, this weekend. And you more coming this weekend. The Charlotte transfer, I think, if I'm recalling correctly, the junior college South Carolina commit was maybe on campus. Uh, so, I mean, there's there's been movement, some movement already, but I think you're going to see a whole lot of movement, especially when it pertains to the offensive line uh, here over the next few, the coming weeks. I mean, over the next 10 days yeah. until signing day for sure. To your point uh, about getting somebody in for one year over Robbie Ashford, and and in, in Robbie's defense, talking about his arm, we did find out after the year that he played hurt the entire year. I mean, he, he had an AC uh, joint sprain in the Missouri game. And keep in mind, to that point in the year, he was barely getting snaps in Brian Harson's offense. Right. And when mm-hmm. he was... It was an offense that wasn't geared to his skill set. And then you saw yep. what he did when they started actually kind of playing toward play calling toward the his skill set. Yes. Right. Yes. And he's doing yeah. that and he's yeah. doing all of that with a hurt yeah. shoulder. With less yeah. than one. Oh no, I'm not I'm not taking anything away from from him. I, I think he's gonna be a really good quarterback. I really do. Right. I just think that like he can benefit from Agreed. taking a year and learning. No and doubt. Learning no doubt. Something that's something be that an excellent quarterback. That's something that Jack Hudden and I have talked about on after the game on the last few games was somebody needs to come in to allow Robbie to sit for a year and develop because then you could get exactly. you could you could really get something special out of Robbie and that's why I brought up the name Grayson McCall because there's already a ton of buzz around Grayson McCall and Auburn already today. And I would say that if you were going to pick one guy in the transfer portal to come in and be that one-year guy at Auburn, it would be Grayson McCall. Hey, can I ask one more question? Yeah. And I'll let you go, and I'll get out of here. This is basketball-related. Yeah. Um, um, what what has changed so much in our in our offense? Um, you know, our defense did well. It kept them almost to the you know how you know sixty-five points. I think is is what. We've we've kept people under, so mm-hmm. it's not that you know not that much more defensively that we did wrong. What's happened on our offense? Well, we can't. I, the offense looks just looks very different from what I've seen the yeah. past Bruce Pearl years, and that's like fast paced. Mm-hmm. You know, run down the run down. Uh, we don't have anybody from that shoots the three. Well, there's was, there's your answer, Shane. Nothing nothing about the offensive scheme for Bruce Pearl has changed. It's been the same for him for 15 years. He runs the same offense that he learned back in the day at Iowa, and he's ran it for a long, long time. And you know what? To a certain extent, Shane, it works. When you have a go-to guy or if you have shooters, Auburn does not have either right, one right, of those so, right now. Why, why can't we get that guy in? You know, like if, if we had a like a Bryce Brown, mm-hmm. Bryce Brown wasn't a five star, but nope. he could shoot the, the three ball. Right, and if and you watch, and, he developed extremely well yes, too. Yes, from from where he was to start his freshman year to where yes. he ended up. 
I mean, it was completely different players. I mean, even in his freshman he, year, you saw confidence build in him. And by the end of the year, he was the second best scorer on that team his freshman year. If there's no threat from the outside, then they play you. They can play you, you know, hard on the inside. That's, and that's right. What everybody is doing, and that's because right. They know we, we, you know, well, there were three of thirteen or something, or you know, something. They're not really worried about the outside. So it's just, it's a little bit of a. I I, I like the fact that we got this giant dude coming in next year or whatever. But can he keep up? Is this the type of guy that we want? You know what I mean? Which is something that Carter and I were talking about late last week when he recruited. You're seeing Bruce go after those types of guys more, or more often, I should say, than than the the shooters. He always goes for a smaller point guard. He's always going to do that. He's going to go get shooters this offseason. I promise you that. He has to. But what what I will say, what what I will say is is. You and we we talked about this earlier in the first hour was the best Bruce Pearl teams. They're like last year, Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler covered up so much of the so many flaws in the offense because when you had those stagnant possessions, because uh, that, that you see right now, Auburn knew that well, even if we're not going to have any movement on offense, we can throw it to Jabari with five, six seconds left, and he can rise up and get a quality shot off over anybody, and he's got a really good chance of hitting it. Or when anybody remotely drives to the rim, they could throw yeah. it in a six-foot radius around the rim, and Walker Kessler is so long and so big, he could go get it. I think that's what this guy's going to bring is that is that mm-hmm. rim presence, which, yeah. which is awesome. So we, get, we have that. If we can just get like you know two shooters from the outside, then then we it'll, you know things can get back on pace, right? And I, I think he will. I think he, you know he'll he'll he can find the talent. I'm sure it's there in Atlanta somewhere because that's where we're where, that's our gold mine. You know that's where Bruce lives. Here yep, in Atlanta. And um, anyway, uh, hopefully we can. I I I don't know what the season looks like. Uh, if we can just shoot, it's weird that 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 you can't ask a basketball player to shoot. <laughs> you know that, that's what. Yeah, that and that's what I said coming in is, is that's what I said coming in is the it's it really concerns me that the one problem we have with this basketball team is they can't shoot the basketball right that's that's a pretty right. big concern it's Shane a it's good problem to have yeah it's good to hear from Where you man going, yeah appreciate you calling in it's a team that can't shoot and there's guys on the team that won't shoot which just makes me makes me really concerned but to 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 wrap up Shane's question about what has changed the scheme hasn't changed at all it's the it's the type of players that are on this Auburn team right now that offensively it is not good and we could sit here I promise you I could sit here for two straight hours and talk about why this Auburn offense doesn't work and break it down player by player position by position play by play I could do that we don't need to do that (laughs) Auburn just needs to figure out how to score the basketball run a little bit better offense find somebody who can actually shoot the three on a consistent basis and score some points when we come back we'll talk some more about Auburn football we'll talk recruiting we'll talk the coaching hires and then at 3 30 we'll get yeah, to jacob we, hillman we barely really talked about that to this point. i know i know i i apologize we're getting there i promise one one segment at a time we are getting there here on the monday edition of on the line you are on the line on espn 1067 call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502 
Back here on the Monday edition of On the Line. It's been a busy show so far. Uh, We've got a few more minutes before we get to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network where we will get his thoughts on the coaching hires from uh, over the weekend and today. Carter, let's get into it since we have not really gotten into it a whole lot today. Uh, Auburn has not made the statement, but uh, it's pretty much official that Auburn is hiring a defensive coordinator and an offensive coordinator, something we have all had our eyes on. It's been reported, so, I mean, it's happening. Ron Roberts is doing an all-time troll job on Twitter if he's not going to be at Auburn. Exactly. Because his, his Twitter bio says, husband, father, and defensive coordinator at Auburn University, and he's got... Uh, an edited picture of him wearing an orange uh, Auburn pullover. Maybe he's just really confident, <laughs> right? I don't know. But, no, he is going to be hired as the defensive coordinator. It is, uh, ro- again, <laughs> yes, Philip Ron Montgomery, Roberts. It says OC slash QB coach at Auburn football, and his profile picture is the Auburn logo. And the header is is Auburn football. Confidence through the roof, man. Ron Roberts being hired as the defensive coordinator from Baylor, and then Philip Montgomery being hired as Auburn's offensive coordinator. What are your thoughts on on these two hires? As now people can start to rest a little bit and now really focus on recruiting a transfer portal because Hugh Freeze has almost filled out his staff. Okay, on the defensive side, you went and got somebody who can, um, I think, schematically – match what the offensive side is going to be whether whether the offensive side was going to be uh, Hugh Freeze running the offense or somebody else you needed somebody who schematically can match up would pair well with what Hugh Freeze is trying to do on offense I think Ron Roberts does that I think he is uh, a defense that that is aggressive I think they're going to um blitz a decent amount and play some zone behind it some a lot of simulated pressure type things um and you're going to see this defense have an ability to create turnovers unlike the past several years I mean with the exception of basically Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson deciding a couple times a game they would go get a turnover Mm mm-hmm Auburn has not been a good turnover defense in a long time. Long time. In a long time. And I think that Ron Roberts' defense is going to be designed to try to force uh, opposing quarterbacks to to make quick decisions, make them read defenses post-snap and make sure they're getting it right, which I think at the college level is how you create some turnovers. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do. He's got a staff of very young, uh, hungry defensive coaches below him that are going to recruit well. They're, they're going to go get the guys for him. And he also is paired with a co-defensive co- coordinator in Weston McGriff. Uh, I think that's that's a big one as well. On the offensive side, Philip Montgomery. I, I'm very intrigued by this because he, he basically runs the, the Art Bryles system. And you pair that with Hugh Freeze's system, and I think you could have a lethal offense. A truly, truly, truly lethal offense. Uh, quarterback development is extremely exciting. Um, you Right now, you're without one position coach. You need a receivers coach, which that's a work in progress right now, trying to figure that out. 
And then it's it's all about talent acquisition. And I think by making the Philip Montgomery hire, Hugh Freeze is sending a clear message that he is going to basically operate in the Kirby Smart role, that he's there to help, he's there to be a CEO, basically, but he's there to recruit his butt off. And I think he's going to do that. I mean, we've already seen more. We've seen more effort out of Hugh Freeze on the trail than we've seen out of any Auburn coach ever. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's got to be up there, right? And, and a quote from Hugh Freeze last week was, hire a guy and let him do his job. Yes, And I think that's what he wants to do, especially on the defensive side, because we know that Hugh Freeze is an offensive guy. Uh, When it comes to Ron Roberts as defensive coordinator, I love it. I think this is a great hire. Uh, I think this could be a really, really big hire for Robert on defense. You talk about you talk about his Baylor defenses in 2021 in their Big 12 championship game run. They had a top 10 scoring defense. That Baylor team in the Big 12, remember, in the Big 12. So a a conference where defense is not always that good, he had a top 10 scoring defense. So I think he's a really, really good hire. I think it's a solid hire. It's one where not a lot of people knew this was coming, and I think I'm okay with that. And uh, I hope that he is, and I think he is, right? He's been coach of defense for 30 years. I mean, he, he knows what he's doing. I look forward to seeing his scheme and seeing how he develops guys in creating turnovers because I think that was a great point, Carter. Auburn has not been able to force turnovers very much in the last eight years. Oh, I mean, Auburn was one of the worst turnover margin teams in the country this year. Mm-hmm. And it's not even so much the offense turned the ball over a lot. They did. But it's not like they were like astronomically crazy high. It's just the defense didn't force turnovers. Right, which, which hurts the offense because you're trying to give your offense short fields, right? You're trying to even help yourself get off the field, right? But instead of having to go through play after play after play, for, let's try to force a turnover and give our offense a short field to where they don't have to go 80 to 90 yards every single time. So, I'm actually going to pull it up here. And okay. We're, we're going to find out where Auburn ranks. There you go. Well, I like, look, again, I like Ron Roberts as the defensive coordinator. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does on the recruiting trail. We know Auburn's got to fill in some guys on the defensive line and the DBs. They need some help there for sure. I'm looking forward to Roberts as this. I like that hire more than the offensive coordinator hire. Doesn't mean I don't like the OC hire, but I really, really like Roberts as the DC. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Well, I think think both hires are great from a schematic perspective. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then also, by the way, in turnovers gained, Auburn was tied for 107th. Sheesh. That's turnover I mean, margin that's, is probably worse. Margin's the, probably the worse, but just turnovers, turnovers gained. Yeah, I mean, that's you're not helping anybody turnover out doing margin, that. They were tied for 124th. Sheesh. Seven spots in front of Northwestern, who was in last. <laughs> wow. Always being able to tie the two together. This is not a good scenario for that, but it is what it is. We got to get to a break. We'll have Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. We'll get his thoughts on the OC and the DC Auburn basketball and everything else in Auburn athletics. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 
30 more minutes here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goetz, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7, joined by Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. He joins us every Monday at 3.30. Hillman, happy Monday, sir. We appreciate you joining us as always. Um, Here, I'm going to ask you, would you rather start with football or basketball? Well, well, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Basketball first. It tends okay. the season, and and then we'll move on to football. Okay. Well, we can do that. Well, of course, Auburn uh, over in Atlanta on Saturday against Memphis. The Tigers uh, do not look super super impressive. They fall unfortunately to Memphis, eighty two to seventy three. Uh, this was a game where Auburn's defense got burned a little bit. It was in... not a very happy uh, holiday hoops giving. No, no, it was not. The defense got exposed a little bit. Offense was not. Not able to keep up your takeaways from Auburn's first loss of the season. Yeah, it, it was not the, the kind of game you wanted to see from Auburn uh, in Atlanta against one of the toughest opponents that Auburn has faced this year in Memphis, a, a veteran Memphis team that has been solid this year, but it's also a Memphis team that hasn't averaged uh, that many points. For, it's, it's been similar to Auburn where uh, defense has been the strong point and they, they scored enough to win games and and this this game scoring 82 points, that's not what Auburn wanted to do. Getting beat on a lot of back cuts, uh, uh, point guard Kendrick Davis, he was the AAC uh, Conference Player of the Year last year, and Auburn was unable to stop him. He was able to really just play, make, and facilitate whatever he wanted against Auburn. And uh, the six assists, that, that was dangerous, and obviously the 27 points. And uh, it, that, that it's a concern going forward, in my opinion, because I think that this – uh, that, that Auburn's got to step up on the defensive end and not one get out rebounded the way uh, you did. I mean, forty three to thirty two. It's not something I thought it was. It was twenty four to eleven at halftime, Jacob. Twenty four to eleven yeah. at half. Yeah, and, and it's good that it got better from there. But also, I, I thought that when you finally Auburn shot the ball well enough in this game to win, I think. But the defense just kind of failed you, and that that's where things have to. Uh, uh, get back to what they were like earlier this season. Jacob, uh, Bruce in his post-game press conference said that he got out-coached, and when you watch that defense that we are talking so much about, they fell victim to the back cut early and often in that game, and then a lot of times not getting back in transition because uh, Memphis was able to push the ball. What needs to change? Like what, What needs to get right I guess this week when they take on Georgia State before they head out west, and basically once they go out west, the schedule's hard the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't want to get into X's and O's too much because I mean that that's not what I know. That's not uh, I'm not going to act like I'm a coach or anything. But you know, it feels like maybe I mean switching to a zone or, or something throughout that game maybe could have helped against the back cuts where guys weren't getting lost. But I know that that's man to man is what Auburn's going to play that that is what coach Pearl likes to do right and with this team I think that's your that's your best chance with with the defenders you have that Jasper KD Johnson Janai Broome those guys are playing their best defensive basketball in man-to-man but I do think that when you keep getting beat the way you do may uh, change it to a zone for a few possessions here and there might have helped do that and and that could be an adjustment that coach Pearl and he might have he might have thought to himself after the game man if I'd done that what that could have been what he was referring to I don't know I'm just just speculating, and what I saw, I thought, get out of this man-to-man, I think you get a few stops. And then as far as transition goes, ah, I, you know, that, that's a tough one. I think an experienced team like Memphis is going to get you there, 
And then when you get into those those better better teams that you're playing, the West Coast swing, and then obviously SEC play, that can continue to happen if you're not careful. So uh, I think just not maybe maybe not being too aggressive on the offensive boards. I think that's also part of it. You only get 11 offensive rebounds, and uh, I don't have the stat in front of you, but I, I feel like Auburn's gotten more than that in a lot of games this season. So maybe just being a little too aggressive on the offensive boards uh, got got let Memphis get out in front. Uh, several times, and if you don't do that in the future games, uh, I think that you can prevent the transition points. And Hillman, one thing about this Auburn basketball team we've learned is, well, uh, coming into the season, we knew that shooting would be a struggle, and so far through nine games, we've figured out that this Auburn offense they're going to struggle to outscore a lot of people. We know they're going to ride on their defense heavily, and the reason for that is they don't have that go-to guy yet nine games through the season. Who is that going to be for Auburn coming into SEC play and as we inch closer to March? Well, I think it has to be a game-to-game basis. I don't think you're going to have one guy you can rely on every single game. I mean, all these guys have the ability to be able to score, and and I won't say all the guys, but several of these guys have the ability to score and take over a game. Katie Johnson looked great in the first half, and that was probably the biggest positive I take away from the game. Uh, we know what Wendell Green Jr. can do from a scoring perspective. I think Jalen Williams has uh, the ability to do that. He really, I mean, he what he did in Cancun was really impressive. And then obviously you have the big guy, uh, Janai Broom. And, you know, we, we we saw flashes of it in Israel, and we know he's talented. Johan Treor, I, I want to see more from him because I feel like he could be that guy uh, if he really figures things out. But right now uh, you're not getting much from him, and, and you need to get something from Johan Treor. Uh, if you're going to be successful. So I really think you're going to have to uh, – it's just going to be feed the hot hand. And, and in games where you have to outscore your opponent, you need a hot hand like a Wendell Green Jr., Katie Johnson, Jalen Williams, whoever it may be, uh, to take over. I think Alan Flanagan has that opportunity as well uh, to do that. But you don't have a Jabari Smith this year, so that it's going to be tough to figure that out game in, game out. Speaking with Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network, he joins us every Monday here on the show. Hillman, going to hit you with a little bit of uh, breaking news in the Auburn football world. As of about five minutes ago, Tank Bigsby announces he uh, he thanks Auburn and he is declaring for the NFL draft. What's your uh, your first takeaway on that news? Well, well, uh, first of all, good for Tank Bigsby. He he's had an amazing career here at Auburn, and he's been such a great ambassador uh, for the Tigers, and and, and really just. Everything he's been through, it's good to see him go and take that opportunity, uh, make the jump to the NFL. That's obviously been his dream. For I'm sure that I'm sure that's what he talks about. Uh, I don't know if it's a video or a statement or a graphic or whatever, but I'm sure that that's what he's talked about. That that that's his dream, and um, and I, I obviously wish him the best. And uh, as far as it relates to Auburn in the future, it's gonna be really interesting to see Jarquez Hunter uh, jump into that starting role and see the Mari Alston and. Uh, Jeremiah Cobb is going to be the incoming freshman next year. See how their roles expand uh, as Bixby heads to the NFL draft. So again, Hillman, obviously this is literally as of like five minutes ago that Tank, uh, he posted on his on his Instagram story, uh, he posted a, a really, really long message and then at the end of it, uh, I've decided to forego my senior season and declare for the NFL draft. 
What did Auburn do for Tank that you believe can make him successful long-term in the NFL? I know you kind of hit on a little bit, but just what what are his qualities and what did Auburn do to make him be a, a really, a really, really good running back and hopefully long-term in the pros? Well, I mean, we can talk about it. He, he's been through two different coaching changes now, kind of on the tail end of that second one. But obviously, when, when Coach Williams came in as the interim, that, that was kind of the, the, the second coaching change I experienced. You know, he, he, he's been with Coach Cadillac his whole Auburn career, and he's had two different head coaches. And he, he, he stuck through it all. There were, there's been rumors every offseason, it feels like, about if Tank Bigsby would transfer, and, and he's never wavered. He's always been an Auburn man, and he's, he's represented the Tigers really well. And uh, it, it's a name that I'm glad will stick with Auburn lore forever. And he, even if he uh, didn't have the best uh, the seasons that he'd like to have, it, it, he's still an Auburn legend and will always be remembered. So, Jacob, obviously we've, we've had some coaching news here in the past few, I guess, really 24 hours. Auburn has an offensive and defensive coordinator in Philip Montgomery and Ron Roberts. What are kind of your initial takeaways from those two being hired? And uh, what is, how do you see this, this affecting both sides of the ball for Auburn? Yeah, I'll start with the offense and uh, Philip Montgomery. And he, he, he's a guy from Texas that I think really kind of expands the recruiting footprint over there a little bit. And also, he was the offensive coordinator uh, for Robert Griffin III when he won uh, the Heisman Trophy back in 2011. So he has experience with a lot of different kinds of quarterbacks. And then obviously the years after that, uh, that Baylor offense really took off and it was really impressive. And then once he was done at Baylor, he's been the head coach at Tulsa uh, for the last almost decade. So uh, he, he's, he's had all kinds of experiences as a high school coach in Texas, offensive coordinator at Baylor in Houston, and then he was just the head coach of Tulsa. And now coming to Auburn, it'll be really interesting to see. if uh, I, I also think that this shows that Coach Freeze is, wants to take that step back from the play calling and, and really want to be in that CEO role just uh, of recruiting and, and really just the day-to-day operations of the football team uh, and let Montgomery really uh, enforce his offense uh, for, for Auburn. And then on the defense, you've got uh, Ron Roberts, who – I think he's shown his success over the recent years, uh, having a top 10 scoring defense at Baylor uh, in 2021 when uh, they won the Big Big 12 championship. Last this past year wasn't uh, up to his standard. It wasn't what uh, Baylor wanted, and obviously he uh, he was fired from from Dave Aranda. But he's had plenty of defenses that show that he can really. Uh, Bill, some of the best defenses in the Big 12, and obviously the Big 12 isn't known for its defenses, but he's had strong ones, especially in the run game and forcing turnovers. And I think that's something that uh, Auburn struggled with a little bit recently. So building those uh, two areas back up, I think, can uh, get this defense back on the right track. Speaking with Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network, he joins us every Monday here on the show. We know that the wide receiver coach has not been hired yet, but it seems like all of the other spots are being filled for Hugh Freeze and this uh, coaching staff. Out of all the names that have been brought in, which ones stick out to you the most and which ones are you most impressed by that Hugh Freeze has brought in so far? Yeah, I mean, this, it's a tough question to answer just because I think that uh, all these guys have their different roles and 
you look at it as a whole, the, the, the offensive and defensive staff, the coordinators are kind of your X's and O's guys. This is what Coach Freeze said in his opening press conferences. But they got to be good at X's and O's. And you look around them, and it's a bunch of young, stellar recruiters. And I think that's kind of your most important area. Uh, I really think that retaining some of these guys, Christian Robinson, that, that's a big time uh, retention because I think that he's going to have uh, a big impact on these linebackers going forward, and especially the recruiting. Uh, but also I really like uh, Jeremy Garnett, uh, the defensive line coach. Uh, I think he's going to be a strong addition to the uh, coaching staff. And we, we've seen what those numbers look like for Liberty these past couple of years. So combining him with Coach Roberts on the defensive side, I think uh, that can spell really uh, nicely for uh, the defense next year and moving forward. Speaking of re- recruiting, Auburn picked up a couple commits this weekend, and signing day is, what, just nine days away? What do you mm-hmm. expect from Auburn down the stretch here, and uh, just just how much excitement can be generated in the next, what, week and a half? Yeah, I think that's that's the important thing is the momentum, the, the excitement built around the program, especially uh, amongst the recruiting world because – You've got the transfer portal. You've got the high school class. And having that momentum just continue to build as we approach signing day. This week is critical. Uh, just had the official weekend uh, visits for several people, uh, for several uh, recruits. That's going to be critical for uh, that, that, that December 21st signing day. And I think that as you continue to build that momentum, that, that's going to be good for the future because it's going to be tough to salvage this class and, and make it look that impressive on paper, but uh, just being able to bring in guys that are going to contribute immediately and uh, obviously develop into great players—that that that's that's what you got to do. And 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 Freeze has had to do it very quickly as he's building a coaching staff. So I think just continuing to ride that momentum and and, and fill up that class is going to be the most important thing uh, for Coach Freeze and the staff. Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. He joins us every Monday at 3.30. Man, we appreciate you. And uh, obviously got to talk a little news about Tank Bigsby declaring for the draft just a few minutes ago. We appreciate you and your time. Let everybody know where they can keep up with you and everything you're doing, man. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Jacob Hillman AU. The Auburn Sports Network got coverage for Auburn, Georgia State on Wednesday. Uh, Coverage begins at 6.30 Central. And then Andy and Sonny will be hitting the West Coast for USC and Washington. So, Uh, Tune in for those broadcasts. Man, we appreciate it. We will talk to you next week, all right? Thanks, guys. War Eagle. That is Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. Again, he joins us every Monday at 3.30. We'll get to our final break. Uh, If you want to call in and wrap up the show, we'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. Wrapping up the Monday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7. Big thank you to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network joining us uh, as he does every single Monday talking all things Auburn athletics. If you missed any of today's show, uh, be sure to go and find the podcast. You can find it at ESPNAU.com. Well, we've got a couple of minutes. Let's talk about the news that we were able to break about Tank Bigsby announcing that he is foregoing his final year at Auburn. He will be declaring for the NFL. Draft. There was buzz that he might come back a little bit. Um, turns out that's not the case. 
But you're still fine because you have Jarquez Hunter, because you have Damari Austin, because you're going to have Jeremiah Cobb. You also have room with the with Tank Bigsby leaving and Jordan Ingram leaving. That's two people going out of the running backs room. You have you now have the ability to go sign a second back or go get a transfer back. You know that Mississippi State's running back Dylan Johnson is is in the portal. You know. As of this morning, I think South Carolina's running back is now in the portal as well. Those are some intriguing options. Mm-hmm. Guys who I think are both talented, both good players. I expect Auburn to to look to add one more back. Maybe maybe you add a high school and a second high school back and a transfer back for for all we know. I don't know. Yeah, and to to speak on Tank Bigsby, look, he he will go down, in my opinion, as one of the most talented running backs to ever come through Auburn. He did not get to show it to the best of his ability with all of the circumstances, coaching changes, lack of offensive uh, mindset, whatever it may be, right? He will go down as one of the most talented running backs to step on campus at Auburn. And I said, I've been saying that it would be hard for Auburn to convince him to come back one more time. I don't think this was him not wanting to come back to Auburn. I think this was him seeing an opportunity that not many guys get to go and do and put your name into the NFL draft and actually get drafted because he will get drafted somewhere. Um, I think we looked at it, what, was that last week where he's like third round, right? Late third round or or maybe early third round, late second, somewhere in there. Uh, You may have to to fact check me on that. but I'll see what I can find. Yeah, well – He's going to be a top three draft pick as a running back. And we talked about how the lifespan of a running back in in, in football in general, but especially in the NFL, it's just not very long in your prime. And I think Tank realized that. I think he sees an opportunity and he's going to go and take it. So uh, congratulations to to Tank Bigsby for declaring for the NFL draft. That was via his Instagram, by the way. Interestingly enough, Mel Kuyper does not have Tank Bigsby on the top ten backs in the draft. Really? And he did not make the list of five backs that, quote, just missed the, the list. Well, somebody's going to get a steal with Tank. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. And whether it's because people like, and nothing against Mel Kuyper, he does a fantastic job, but I promise you he's not sitting down and watching Auburn football every Saturday. Tank Bigsby is a great running back. He is. He's got some things to fix, but he's going to be a really, really good running back in the pros if he can stay healthy and if he can get a little bit more development but I think if if a guy with his talent level and his skill level and his opportunity to get to the NFL and have the chance to go to the NFL draft I think you got to do it for Tank and look we would all love to see him come back we'd all love to see Tank put on that Auburn helmet and Auburn uniform for one more season because we know how good he is and we know how good he can how much he can benefit Auburn on offense but good for him for going to the NFL. I oh, hope absolutely. he I hope he gets drafted high, and I hope he makes it well in the NFL. I think he can. Uh, but you're right. Now Auburn's got to go find a guy. They've still got Jarquez. They've still got Damari Alston. But they got to go find one more because we've seen the SEC adapt to a three running back system. Yeah, yeah. A, the big, the big a, programs. A lot of places. At least two really good ones mm-hmm. because you saw, you saw what um, Ole Miss did this year with Zach Evans and Quinchon. Judkins, those two were dominant together. Uh, Tank and Jarquez, when, once you got Brian Harson and Eric Keysaw out the door, they were pretty dominant together as well. Uh, I mean, you, you've seen Georgia and Alabama 
at various times have run two, three, four backs out there to keep guys fresh. I, you Auburn needs to go find somebody who can immediately contribute next to Jarquez Hunt. We'll talk more about that and the coordinators and everything Auburn football tomorrow on the show. Thanks for listening. Come back tomorrow. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.